welcome to Real History, the podcast series where we examine history, uh, historically based fictions, and we look at the fictional content and the historical content, and we weigh it up and we say, is this really worthy of the word, the name historical? <laughs> or is it just fiction? Uh, and this is the fun of it. Um, we Today we're doing uh, a film called, a re- very recent film that's just out on Amazon in the UK and hopefully Amazon everywhere else in the world. So any, wherever you're listening to us, you can watch it uh, before you listen to the rest of this podcast. Uh, so go away, watch it, come back and then join and then me. And there won't be spoilers. Exactly, because there are always spoilers in our <laughs> podcast because history has happened already. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you I know your... Henry VIII had six wives? <gasps> Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so, my name is Hugh David. I'm your co-host and co-producer at 40A Publishing. And with me is... Jenna Pateman, as always. Hi. Hello. Co-host and co-producer of Real History, author of um, the Real History articles uh, on bunkerzilla.co.uk, which is our first run radio station online where you will be hearing us if you are listening to us later on. Then I'm assuming you got it from Bunkerzilla's Mixcloud page or 40 Publishing's Soundcloud page or any of the other places that we might be placing, including iTunes. Wherever you can find good podcasts. Yes, that's the phrase we need to use from now on. Yes. So, uh, today then, the aeronauts, um, how should we start with the aeronauts? Jenna, do you want to go first or shall I go first? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> I'll go first. So, uh, famous British military historian Richard Holmes uh, wrote a book called Falling Upwards, um, which was published in 2013 after his well this ver- but last ver- edition was after his death in 2011 but I will it- say that title just just makes me think of Spider-Verse I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Um, uh, Holmes, very famous uh, scientist. Oh no, it was published after his uh, death. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realise that. Um, mm. <coughs> so, it, 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 for, to some to a certain generation, Holmes is most famous for his uh, '90s BBC TV show War Walks, um, which, to be honest, ran on a bit into this century, I think. Um, but he is also, and he was professor of military and security studies at Crownfield University and the Royal Military College of Science, taught military history at Sandhurst. Um, you know, uh, well-known figure of his time and uh, his expertise. This book, however, is about the people who um, pushed the limits of um, ballooning uh, in the 17th and 18th century, well, 18th and 19th century, sorry, um, until they, you know, we get to learn both to fly and to enjoy, but also to learn more for science. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> this film takes two portions of the book. It takes the main story of James Glacier, British scientist, who in the 1860s managed to uh, break all records and rise to an immense height without using oxygen. And it adapts that story, um, but it then swaps out the other male scientist yes. who is actually part of that story and borrow, creates a fictionalised version of French balloonist Blanchard um, uh she was the wife of a another famous french balloonist um and when he passed away in a ballooning accident she carried on and 
there's a lot of her life story which occurs very early on in Falling Upwards, which is being adapted into the character in the film, Amelia Wren. Mm-hmm. Now, amusingly, her name is spelt Wren in an English style, so like the Wrens, you know, like a, the bird. Mm. But the husband, if you look in the credits, the husband in the movie, I should point out, is Ren, as in R-E-N-N-E, French. Yes. <laughs> and I was trying to, and there's no point in the film where they explain any of that, although I, I thought it was a nice touch that she's a bird. Yeah. But it's still the 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 the, the, the married name. And the film is, is basically, it's an adventure film. It's a 90, It's a Victorian version of Gravity, where you're following two people achieving something spectacular. You see the entire thing in real time. It's from their point of view. They even have uh, overlay briefly overlay graphics so that we can see height, distance, speed. Um, yes, that um, makes me feel very anxious. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's, it, but, it's, but from a mathematics point of view, it's like, ooh. Um, it's, I mean, Eddie Redmayne plays Glacier. Uh, Felicity Jones plays um, Amelia. And you can tell that these two performers, I mean, they were, they work together in the theory of everything. They're friends, mm. they're comfortable with each other, and that helps because they are required to deliver amazing performances because the majority of the film is about them. Most of it, while while we're pursuing their balloon ride in real time, there are flashbacks to how the pair of them came to be in this situation, who they are, and so forth. But most of the film is them... In, in a, a basket. Balloon. Yeah, in a basket, <laughs> high above the earth, where it's getting very cold. Yes. So that's the movie. That's the book. Uh, the year is 1862. And um, it's, well, I don't know what to say other than the fact that I've watched it twice in one week. <laughs> <laughs> for for all the changes to the history, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was, it was one of those films when I saw the trailer. I was like, I really want to go see that at the cinema, but never Same. got round to it. I'm partly Same. glad I didn't because the amount um, I stimmed while watching it that I was just like, whoever was sat next to me would have been really annoyed. <laughs> you may need to explain stimming to some of our audience. Right. Um, I am autistic and so sometimes I can't quite control my body. And the two ways that I stim is I have a restless leg, so I sort of hop lot or mm-hmm. um my hands will go a bit crazy that's probably the best way to describe no, it that makes sense um oh, that it, the, uh, yeah I, I i i get the my nerves i get the restless leg uh, yeah a lot uh, and that's always been a thing i've got no one's ever explained why you have just described it for me thank you yeah um i've noticed it more since i got my diagnosis mm-hmm. uh but i've done it all my life and Apparently, it is most noticeable when me and Jack go to the cinema, especially when watching a Marvel film, because it's whenever I get excited, it goes. So he does actually try to. If um, we're going on a quiet day, he mm. tries to make sure to book a empty row so then I can stim. Mm. So which, yeah, it's um, and also he can tell when I'm getting like it's very much heightened emotions that mm. sort of thing. Um, the hand craziness tends to be when I'm watching something like Casualty when they put uh, injections in or mm. when you think someone's going to fall from a very, very big height. Mm. <laughs> so it's just, I can't even actually pretend to do it. It's just mm. a very weird hand motion. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, 
And today, from Real History, some um, teaching about stimming. <laughs> so during, so like, like I, as somebody who suffered, who developed vertigo quite late in life, I would have had, I would have been right there alongside with you, freaking out. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Tom Harper, the director, and Jack Thorne, the writer, both of whom have worked together several times in the past in Britain. That people will know them from a whole range of movies and TV shows. Both, you know, um, I mean, look it up on IMDb. They're both. You know, incredibly talented people, um, and clearly comfortable working together. And this film mm. that they made for uh, with Mandeville Films for Amazon Studios, um, it, it it reflects, I think, the best of both of them because they make it a very human, grounded story. But they also, I, there there are the the for all the changes they've made, it feels very lifelike, very true, very Victorian. Yeah. Um, um there are obvious changes there's the they because they want you to have an adventure they want you to um uh to experience you know in a, in an american movie sense they want you to experience the what these two characters go through so there's a lot of camera t- movement a lot of tumbling around a lot of point of view stuff yeah. um and it has to be said if you can see this in 4K, please do. Amazon UK do have a. It's 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 currently free if you have a Prime account, and the 4K version, if you have a 4K TV, is streaming. They have both versions. I watched the original, the 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 regular version last week, and then the 4K version last night, and I didn't expect a noticeable difference in. Well, there was. Let's just say there was. Mm. The depth and the quality of the special effects scenes were stunning. Yeah. Um, last night was even more frightening. Um, the, the the where I could see the joins in in the special effects in the regular version, I couldn't. A lot of the joins were were hard to perceive, to perceive. Now mm. became far more real, and um, and I think it's a and, and and from that point of view, it's a remarkable adventure film. Anybody who enjoyed um science fiction film Gravity will get a kick out of this, even if they're going back in time. <laughs> um. So, you know, Henry Coxwell, James Glacier, you know, 1862, they actually did this death-defying and historic flight. They went to uh, seven miles or 11 kilometers, 37,000 feet. It almost killed both of them. They yeah. ended up with blood vision, <clears throat> loss of motor function, and eventually unconsciousness. So in 1871, Glacier wrote his own observations of the event. So it's not a, it's not a novel the way we think of it. It's mm. not a fiction. It's a, it's a scientist's combination of journal and recounting experiences and that's called the aeronauts yeah travels in the air that you can actually get that um there's a kindle version for two quid at the moment oh, if you cool. want to read glacier's original descriptions and 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 drawings and and statistics and analysis it's all there oh that's really cool that is very cool indeed so you can read richard holmes's more modern more entertaining version you can read uh but also historically you know solid you can read glacier's own account um and then you can enjoy the film because yes. um, the film is still, for all its changes, uh, an enjo- a very enjoyable adventure film. I really, really enjoyed it. I would. Yeah. Did, did, uh, it's the sort of thing. It's it's a it's a it's a PG. I would happily show it to children. I would happily show it in school. School. Um, I I think there are. I can. I would rather have seen an actual um, biopic of the French balloonist that Felicity Jones' yeah. character is based on because I think she's her story is sufficiently interesting that she deserves um a film of her own. Um but uh, that said 
if you if you you know this fictional version does a really good job of putting you there, making you feel everything. She's great. Felicity Jones is terrific. In this. Yes, you know, I, I I think I honestly believe that there's a there's a version of her performance in Rogue One that's even better than the one we get because there's scenes in the trailer that where she's so much more commanding and so I much more. I still need to see Rogue One, so. It it well. I've most of my Star Wars fanatic friends think it's the best of the new lot. I think it's got great bits in it. Mm. Um, but I'd be interested to see what you think. Um, yeah, I still need Jones to watch is... the two different spin-off ones. So. Yeah, well, they're both good. Solo's Solo's mm. great. I really like. Considering it. I have Disney Plus now. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. <laughs> All of the kids, we were discussing this the other night. But uh, mm. in terms of um, this, the, the, you know, the, the, she's great. But that's but everyone's great in this film. There's not mm. a bad performance. You know, Phoebe Fox <laughs> is her sister, and Lewin Lloyd is the kid who's at the fairground at the beginning. Um, uh, you kind of half expect him to start singing um, "Awful Dodger" or um, "I'll Do Anything." <laughs> well, yeah, but he, he knows better than that, thankfully. <laughs> Himesh Patel as John True, Remain, of course, himself, uh, Robert Glenister, who's the, the Ned Chambers, the man who funds their trip with the balloon, uh, Tim McEnany, famously known as Percy in Blackadder, turns up <laughs> as Airy, one of the scientists, Tom Courtney, who's one of Britain's greatest actors of all time, plays um, Glacier's dad, Arthur. And mm. Anne Reed, one of Britain's great actresses, plays the mother. You know, it's, it's it's a film that is respectful of its of film history as well as yeah. its own, um, uh, as well as the history of what we expect from adventure films. Um, you know, it's filmed in classic locations, including Hatfield House in Hertfordshire, yeah. uh, various parts of London. I mean, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> It puts you there, and 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 we can we can yeah. Well, I mean we can we'll discuss further the things it gets wrong. Yes, <laughs> but let's just say up front we're we're pro the film. Yeah, um, I think I was even though I thought I would enjoy it, I think I was surprised by how much I did enjoy it. If that makes any sense. Yes. Like I had good expectations, but it still beat those expectations. Same, exactly. That's it. And you I, I was think... in for a quality. You know, British costume yeah. drama. I think I didn't because realize it was, you know. also because it was done by Amazon, which, to be honest, with a lot of their stuff that I've watched, haven't put a foot wrong, but I'm still a bit wary. Because you're not used to them as a brand? Maybe. I think because I'm too used to them as a shop. <laughs> yeah, they're clearly not that anymore. No. Well, considering they made my current favourite obsessional good omens, so yes. you'd think I'd... I will say that app is terrible. I hate the the Prime app on Xbox and on iPad or whatever. It's awful. Okay. But mm. that said, once something is running, it runs really well. Yeah. And I do like the fact that because they own IMDb, I love the fact that I can just click press a button and see who's who. So there's no none of this. I can't remember who that is anymore. <laughs> you just oh, and it's very useful for songs as well. For oh yes no because if you're like oh what is that song it's really good you can click it and it goes this is the song so that's been amazing during Lucifer where I'm like I really like this song oh Lucifer soundtrack's so good um, <laughs> so so yeah no we I seem think... to be advertising more what's on Amazon Prime <laughs> well it, 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 it can't be helped we are talking about one of their one of their first not first major productions they've been producing films for a long time now, but we mm. but it feels from a British perspective like a first major production it's it's a British film Film, British stars, British locations, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, and it's it still feels... 
quite small, which is nice. Yes. Yes, it's not a huge film, although obviously they had to spend some significant budget on special effects. And mm. anything that has this many frocks and tailcoats and hats is going to cost money. <laughs> and the two stars wouldn't have been cheap either. So and No, but at the same time, it still feels... It doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't look no. cheap. No. You know? And I, f- I really like the fact that it is mostly just the two of them. Yes. We, we're so used to our dramas having families or or big groups of people or lots and lots of plot line and these, these especially period dramas. And it's nice to have something that's just focused on two people mm. um, and their, and their, their relationship and their survival and, and their, but, but their respective demons, what, what drives them both. I mean, it's an incredibly, it's been a while since I've seen a film in which the male character and the female character are often offered such balance. Mm. You know, the film is incredibly balanced throughout. You know, you get both their backstories, both their families, both their concerns, both their goals, and you know the the way they are brought together and linked up, and then the way they move forward. It's just wonderful. The woman that is not the psychic. Uh, yes, but That's... at the same time, they don't turn him into one either. No. You know, I mean, you could argue that she gets the main action highlight, except that he then goes on to get one himself anyway. Yeah. So it's kind of like, just when you think it's... I, I, I don't know. I, I When I saw it at first, I felt it was very much... It became her film. When I watched it the second time, I was aware that there's actually a lot more going on than I realised. Mm. And it's very, very well put together. But I it's think... also about mutual respect. And it does have some really good, funny moments as well. Like Oh, yes. Like the pigeon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was both shocking and funny. Um, that that but, was a bit of a clue that they're running out of oxygen. <laughs> yeah, um, I quite like the bit at the beginning as well when the when when the the, the essential dog poses yes. is, is 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 flung out the, the 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 basket, and you think, what is going on? And then the the, 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 the it parachutes safely, and you think, okay. Um, and weirdly enough, that is one of the the areas you would think was fictionalized and is not mm-hmm. um blanche's husband he used to do that in his <laughs> french ballooning he used to take the little dog up have a parachute on it and animal rights weren't quite what they were uh, they are today <laughs> no they weren't they definitely weren't um um so yeah it's it's kind of that that's one of the things i think is interesting about the film is that the the, the things there are things you would expect were creations of the um, production team mm. that are real. And then there are things that you think might have been real that are creations of the production team. And to me, that is the hallmark of a of a well-researched, well-balanced historical entertainment. Yeah, like I really enjoyed the scenes at the um, Royal Academy. Yes, they were fabulous. At, um, especially because it showed the, how they used to debate their... Um, it highlights again the lack of women, which is yes. which is actually still a problem to this day because only eight percent of the members are women. Which, still, still. Oh my word! I did not know that. Yeah, it's still very much an old boys' club. Oh dear! Mm. Emphasis on the old as well as the boys. Yes, um, but they <laughs> the fact that the gentlemen seem flabbergasted that a woman is even on their site outside. 
It's just oh, like... I, that scene. I love that scene. I love that scene. <laughs> and the fact that it's Percy from Blackadder delivering the dialogue just makes it even better. You know, he's like, I can, I can, I can you know, take him a message. No, yeah. no, no, that's fine. I'll, uh, you know. But also, um, much as I, I didn't, not all the men have got really good outfits, but some of them have got some fabulous waistcoats. Mm. Um, but her dress in that scene. Oh, I wanted that, that huge, dress. big splash of purple under the black because, of course, she's the widow. Yeah, so um, that's one thing that I was really happy to see was the fact that she is still wearing widow dresses, apart yes. from obviously in the balloon. But um, I think most people know about Victorians is that they would have a very long mourning period. Mm. It tends to last about two years where widows or widowers would wear black or wear some sort of black and it would be very staged and it would you would have to do certain things at certain times and mm. yeah it's like the fact that she goes to the ball and you can tell she's still in black even though she's she is mourning but she's getting over it but she still yes. has to put on that performance for people I think it's interesting that her sister, who comes across as very um, uh, as, as more representative of the traditional social mores of the period, I think it's interesting that it's her sister who's saying, "No, no, 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 you need to move on. You need to." Mm. You know, the sister is 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 reasonable. The sister's like, "Yes, you've done your time." Yeah. You know, it's, let let's move on. Let's let let's well, see you. you she know. they actually deal with alcoholism very briefly. They do. Um, which was a major problem at the time as well. Yeah, so and it's brilliant that they do that. It's uh, major, but this is what I mean about the why I think the film is a good film. I think it's these, it's these, it's these sorts of subtleties, these kinds yeah. of nods. This kind of, you know, we're not going to make a big deal out of that because our film isn't about that issue, but we will acknowledge that the issue is there. Mm. Um, you know, I think the other one was um, I like the idea of. Um, when they're arguing over whether she should go back up in a balloon following the personal tragedy, mm. I find it interesting when the sister, you recognise that... The, at first you think, oh, the sister's just being typically Victorian and Felicity Jones' character is being like a more modern woman. Then you yeah. realise that, no, they are both Victorian women. It's just that they are in slightly different modes of thinking. One is a bit more science-based, adventure-based, personally based, mm. youthful, if you like. And the other one is older, married, established, you know, mother, household, has to run, has to run a household. And, she, and she's, from that perspective, she's trying to convey what she's learnt in life is important and and it's uh, her point and her her point to her sister is it's not it's not the basket you're it's not the balloon you're in love with you, mm. know, you what you're you know what you miss isn't the flying it's it what you miss is the husband your husband mm. and i think that's kind of interesting because um clearly it isn't <laughs> Yeah. For her, it is ballooning that she misses, and in real life, Blanchard also, you know, went back to flying after the the, the tragedy with her husband um, because she loved it. And in real in, in 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 real life, she was reported to be very um, uh, very self, a very kind of uh, not not not. Or I wouldn't quite say almost autistic, although it makes you wonder. But she mm. was very much restrained and um, 
quiet and not, you know, uh, uh, nervous um, when she was on the ground and had to be in parts of traditional society. The, the scene at the beginning where she has a panic, a panic attack, attack yeah. in the that that is something apparently she sort of Blanchard used to go through it during the day. Um, uh, but then the moment she got into the balloon, the person you see Amelia Wren to be when she's at the start with with the bloomers and the 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 the, the, the sort of stage, the sort of um, showground yeah. style, that kind of outgoing person. That's oh, exactly, I love that, that dress as well. <laughs> But and all the sort of stagey stuff, Blanchard turns into that, mm. and um, she used to do that. So, so I find it interesting that they kept all that stuff, mm. uh, even as they looked forward by naming her Amelia. Yeah, I mean that's you know that's not a random choice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who that could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of which, has there ever been a really good biopic? Of Amelia, of Amelia Earhart. Earhart. I don't think so. Evie knows who she is, which I'm really proud of. Good, she so, should. Because um, they've been studying aviation when school was open. Um, and so she's done a really cute drawing of Amelia Earhart. And oh, I can never remember how to pronounce her name. The first... You just pronounced it fine. No, no, no. The first uh, Russian female astronaut. Okay, yep. I know who you mean. So uh, the fact that she can pronounce it and I can't. Good sign. <laughs> so yeah, she's um she's starting to learn that history is actually really interesting because whenever mummy's explained it, it's been a bit boring. Apparently, I'm like, thanks. <laughs> well, you are doing it at university level, whereas yeah, she's I, at primary school. Yeah, and I keep over explaining, and then Jack has to go back and dumb it down. And this is why I am a secondary school teacher and not a junior school teacher. <laughs> There's, yeah. there's room for explaining at that level. I think also they managed to get over the idea in the film of the private and public spheres that mm. women and men were supposed to be in at the time. Yes, but without ramming it in your face. Yeah, or, done. or explaining what that means. Or um, I think the fact of, like you were saying about the uh, sister... I think that shows the private sphere what a woman's place was supposed to be, what mm. was expected really well. Yes. Um, and then Amelia going into the public space of, for lack of a better word, fairground entertainment. It, it, yeah, it seems very, very much so. That's... Fairground. Mm. Or going to the Royal Academy and taking steps into the public sphere that the men would be like, oh, 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 if that yeah. makes any sense. <laughs> well, it, 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 given people can't see you, I don't know if it will, but I hope it does. <laughs> well, you can't see me either, so. <laughs> Although you can probably imagine what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> With a little um, finger up while drinking my tea. <laughs> <laughs> even though I do that automatically anyway, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, no. This is uh, this is all the, the, again. This is what we're saying. This is, you know, we can anybody who's criticizing this film on the big chunks of history, it's it, it, it's changed or adapted or mashed together mm. has what they are absolutely right. But ultimately, as we've said before on this podcast, sometimes it's the details, yeah, 
that are really important in getting across and the, the feeling as the well. Yes. Although I will say that the roads were very, very clean, maybe a bit too clean. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that, that that was a thing. I, I felt like they made an effort to be deliberately um, more. You know, I felt like that was an aesthetic choice. Mm. I, you know, everything is so much more bright and colourful, and you know, because we're so used to the kind of Vic, you know, um, oh, what's it called? The, uh, the um, it's not the Great Smog. Uh, oh, Sepia tones. No, the um, the pollution, the Great Smog of nineteen fifty-two. Yeah, yeah, it is the Great Smog. Sorry. Mm. So we're so used to this idea that London was so horrifically uh, grey. So yeah, so that's like Gloucester. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but the, this whole business of um, all the pollution that happened yeah. in the 19th century. Sorry, I've gone and said 1952. That's this. That's that's 20th century. I am getting <laughs> all over the place now. My apologies. Um, let me get this right because I need to get this right because I used to teach this like a year. Ago. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> great. The Great Smog and the Great Stink as well. That's it. Thank you. The Great Stink. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> when I, the I, Thames I... smelt so bad, it closes that closed the Houses of Parliament. It is four years before this film is set. Mm. And I and because, of course, some effort has been made, I feel like they made uh, what is both a budgetary choice and an aesthetic choice. Mm. I feel like from a budgetary point of view, it's like, oh, we can't afford to, to mess all this up. We need the money for the CG later. And then from a an aesthetic point of view, I felt like they wanted to contrast it because with films and TV are always doing the the foggy, smoggy, cloudy version. Mm. And I think they wanted to suggest that, that enough change had been brought about in four years that things were better. I mean, Dickens wrote about the pollution in in you know in eighteen. Um, between 1855 and 1857 in Little Dorrit, between when it was published as a serial. Mm. Um, and then we get to the point where we have the local management amendment bill in 1855, and we get all the various laws that are brought in bit by bit, you know, local governments and then national government, everyone's trying to sort it out. We get drainage systems proposed, we get Balzaghetti's great scheme to clean things up. Um, and so I feel like that, you know, I mean, it took them a long, much longer time. I mean, 1864 is when we get the embankments built. Mm. You know, the famous embankments in, in London on the Thames. So it takes a while. But I, I don't. Given that the film is, um, given given that the point of the film is to be set slightly outside London and to get us up into the air quickly, I feel like it's, uh, it's not an unreasonable choice to make because we're not focused on the streets of London. We're further out. We're, we're sort of home counties universities you know what i mean it's it's slightly it makes an effort to be slightly different in that sense although for those of us who live in britain it feels very very local (laughs) (laughs) um and i enjoyed that i i think it was nice to see you know we're so used to seeing american films as well and you and i spend a lot of time when we're doing this podcast trying to watch films from all over Mm. i mean we still haven't done a french film or spanish we haven't done any foreign language yet well i've got no, but I've got loads of them on the list we've built. Yes, I know. <laughs> that list that just keeps growing. <laughs> it keeps on growing. Um, but, but, but I think that um, what uh, it, even with that said, 
the last century, the last half century of, of well, a bit more than that, of English language cinema has been so dominated by America mm. that it's always refreshing to see a British film that's British set that has ambition and talent and quality. And yes, it's historically compromised, but I think as entertainment, I don't think it's compromised one little bit. I think it's very much a Victorian pulp adventure. Yes. Yes, that's exactly it. With our ideals. Yes. Because of the fact that you do, instead of the gentleman, Henry Cox, wasn't it? Um, the... Henry, hang on one second, I'll find it while you're talking. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. Uh... But, but Henry Coxwell. Oh, almost. Um... <laughs> no, close enough. Yeah, um... We're not going to mention the fact that you remembered the first half of that name and not the second. <sighs> Keep going. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm not that thirsty, seriously. <laughs> We're in the middle of a quarantine. Everyone's thirsty. <laughs> Anyway, I love sorry. the fact that we're in the middle of a quarantine and then we watch a film about a balloon going right up into the air. And but that's the only thing I wanted to say. It's a great time for Amazon <laughs> to put this film out. I, 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 that was the other thing that transfixed me the second time I watched it was with the fork, with the, de- the depth of, of the, the, the effects work in 4K. I was just completely, I could smell fresh air and wind and being above the cloud. I was just like, ooh, you know, I was like, I'm not stuck indoors. Yes. Well, for our lovely listeners, both me and Hugh are both on the let's be more quarantined than most people list. We we both fall into a number of vulnerable groups. Yes, that's the better way of saying it. So no, they're both good ways of saying it. Um, so where Jack and Kimmy ha- um, have got to escape occasionally, we have kind of been very stuck in. I mean, Kim falls into one group, um, but she's still it's Kim. She takes risks. <laughs> she likes yes, to, uh, but well, considering and... she broke into my house. Uh, have we not told that story on this podcast before? No, I'm tempted to okay. leave it as it is. Yeah, let's leave it as it is, please. There's no need to go into how uh, your friend that you introduced me to, who has been my partner of 15 years, uh, was, is perfectly capable of being a cat burglar if she so turned her mind to it. Uh, my da- I think my dad has just about forgiven her. I don't think he had. Well, you guys, she was one of your bridesmaids. I'm going to assume that him making you all breakfast was his way of giving her. Well, that was the time after she broke into the house. She'd been in the house. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's my point. Uh, So, anyway. yeah, this is, but this is one of the reasons I wanted to watch it a second time. I wanted Kim to see mm. this because I, I kept thinking of Kim when I was seeing Felicity Jones's character. Mm. I kept thinking of modern women, but also how I was thinking of what we saw in Suffragette, and I was yeah. thinking how there are two. There, there is also you know, Suffragette concentrates very much on the political and the the hard work that had to be done to get certain changes made, but there is also an emotional content mm. that comes from an inspiration through art and adventure and adventure stories and you know fiction and i think that felicity jones's character 
fictionalized even though as she is represents some of that as well she's sort of a particular kind of woman yeah that brilliant you know one of my favorite moments is at the end when they're when she's um running up the hill with her nieces and her sister mm. and she says uh uh come on keep going i've been a lot higher than this we'll make pilots of you yet and her sister goes no you won't <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the last lines of dialogue in the film i love it i missed it the first time because I, I was so concentrating on what she on what um, Amelia says that I miss what her sister says, and I thought that's really funny. Uh, as um, a mother, I can say that that comes out of my mouth quite often towards Evie's aunts and uncles. This is it. I think it, I've exactly said it to it. you a few times. <laughs> and this is exactly it. This, this is, again, we're talking about emotional truths. We're talking about the things that make this film function as mm. brilliant entertainment, but still have a serious ser- series of baseline historical elements that are uh important you know yeah so and i yeah. think as much as people were complaining about the fact that they took uh henry Cotswell out and meant that his heroic efforts towards something that is of great and scientific historical importance and um is amazing in general, just how high they went, especially without oxygen, and they survived. Yes. It also helps represent the women of that period because they were also very brave, stepping out of the private sphere into the public sphere. There were a lot of them laying the groundwork for the suffragettes that came later. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's... I can understand why they did it, and also the fact of they were saying, because I was reading up about it, um, that they wanted to get the women's side into it and make a film that is more based on our ideals rather than Victorian ideals. So it does mean that for some people, if they don't go doing further research, they might think Amelia is a real person, and they might think especially because it was advertised a lot as based on a true story. Mm. Mm. I think this is I think maybe this is part of the issue. I think so many so many of the films we we discuss so the, the, I mean as a cinema fan there there are running jokes about the phrase based on a true story. Mm. You know, I've I've even seen reviews that say this film starts with the phrase based on a true story so you know it's rubbish. <clears throat> you know, or you know it's not true. I mean it's gone mm. that completely that way. I think that could think... have easily been one of our names for this podcast. What, based on a true story? Yeah. Or true, this this story is rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe we need but... t-shirts with that on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm a historian. I'm telling you it's rubbish. Uh, Don't yeah. worry, I'm a historian. I... Exactly. Well, you used to be able to get t-shirts that said, Don't worry, I'm a historian. Um, well, I uh... need them when I'm reading random fascist stuff. Yes, exactly. Uh <laughs> Yeah, what you need is it's okay to punch Nazis. I'm a historian. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a historian called Mike Stuckberry who's based in Germany but used to be based here in Britain, and he, uh, I think he's actually got something like that in his Twitter handle mm. uh, about uh, I, you know, I punch fascists or something. But anyway, uh, coming back to yes, so sorry, based on the true story. So I do wonder if. People have forgotten the fact that the key word, the the the, the word is based, mm. not is. Like, like, if you start a film with the credit "A True Story," 
then I am expecting 80% history. Mm. And if I don't get it, I'm not happy. If you say to me, based on a true story, I'm like, eh, you know, somewhere between 30% and 60%. If yeah, you've got some leeway. Yeah. If you don't say anything, then frankly, I'm not expecting you to get any of it right. I think the big problem is is that mar- the word authenticity became a marketing thing. Yeah. And so I say that as someone who was in marketing and had that debate, I think I think it's become a you know people want to believe this is part of what I mean we we want, we'll have to do an entire podcast on this other topic one day which is the HBOification of history mm. you know what history you know the fact that HBO has changed how people perceive history to be that you know when if you take all the the, the historically set or associated series that have been shown on HBO starting from Rome mm. okay they all add they all add a certain amount of sex and violence to it. They all pump it up a little. They're all a bit glam mm. and spectacular. And that's fine because they're appealing to modern audiences. It's all post-Gladiator. It's about big cinema on television. But it means that actually what you have is people say, oh, oh, this is really authentic because, you know, we see the way people relate to each other and we see blood when a sword hits, unlike older movies. And you go, kind of go, well, that's not how you define what was real. No. So, uh, we, as I said, uh, yeah, I think we'll have to do an entire podcast this, on this at some point, but the whole idea of how um, HBO took BBC-style Dra- historical drama and then amped up the sex and the violence to get subscribers. Yeah. And I, fe- I, I, I feel like that's changed how people perceive historical fiction on TV and film. Mm. You can see that even with BBC series themselves, because remember Gunpowder? Yes, you can it was a see- lot sexier, we thought. Yeah, and also the fact that that was a co-production between BBC and HBO. Yeah. And you also- can tell. Yeah, well, Rome was as well. Yeah, uh, you know they've always done that. But but if you compare, if you look at uh, Rome, Deadwood, um, mm. uh, I'm missing one along the way. Hang Game on, Game of Thrones, sort of. Sort of, yeah, yeah. No, no, no I get that. Um, um, but yeah, you 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 know, I, and then everyone else has adopted the idea. In some ways, for example, Star's show Spartacus is kind of, for all its completely over the top gore and sex, mm. weirdly it gets a lot more right historically sometimes than Rome. Yeah, um, and um, although I've not watched it yet, Britannia. Britannia is meant to be awful on the historical front. Yeah. I still haven't watched it yet. I mean, but it I'll does seem it. that very HBO style show. Oh, completely. It's Sky saying, look, can we have an HBO show about Boudicca? <clears throat> and everyone else going, no, we don't know anything about Boudicca. <laughs> well, we don't know enough. That's okay. We just make it like Game of Thrones. We can't decide if it's Boudicca or Boudicca. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and uh, I still can't believe we've got a second series. <laughs> Yeah, I think you tweeted that at me. I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> I think I, th- I think we're going to have to do it for a show for a podcast episode just because it's like they're making more of it. You know, we're going to have to do it, uh, and also because it's rare to see a TV show about Colchester. <laughs> um, I live there. <laughs> exactly. So you can say you can look at it and go, "Look, they got all this wrong." <laughs> Col- Colchester doesn't look like Ireland. <laughs> Where's the hate Shamuels I worked in? 
what you mean? H. Samuels were around in Roman times. That oh, explains totally. so much. That explains so much. <laughs> and I was there, Sally Shrovsky. <laughs> oh dear, Time Lady Jenna. Yes. Um, so yeah, so I think I think with the aeron- something like the aeronauts comes along after we've had all of that 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 HBOification of things. Yeah, and I think and I think actually the... it feels like a sorry. sorry go on. I was going to say because of the HBOification, casts have got very big. Yeah, and it's again as I said earlier, it's nice to go back to that small cast, and even though this event is of historical importance, it's a small movie, yes. which is nice, and you miss that intimate it's intimacy a lot yes. with because especially with something like Game of Thrones, you're following all these characters all over the place and you're yeah. trying to, like, who was that again? And how are they related? And so it's nice just to have two main characters and then a couple of side characters. And you're like, I understand all where everyone is in this film. I think what we're getting at here is the nature of... I think your, your use of the word intimacy is spot on. Mm. I think HBO often shows... Sometimes, not always, some uh, mistake sex for intimacy or closeness for intimacy. Mm. And a lot of the characters relate in very graphic, basic, entertaining ways. Whereas what this film, being British, being Victorian, being on a slightly lower budget, it's interested in lots and lots of things, including... um, uh, Including understanding that intimacy on a screen on screen is about more than just two people having a romance mm. um there's a lot more going on here there's a lot of issues and and i i think it's it's beautifully rendered it's beautifully acted but it's also put in a thrilling adventure setting and maze some of the scenes are just absolutely beautiful like the butterflies Oh, it's because gorgeous, isn't that it? that was a true discovery they made during that flight was about insect uh, migration. Mm. In the fact of insects fly a lot higher than um, birds tend to. Yes. Which makes a lot of sense because the birds can't get them then. Yes, yes, so, absolutely. And yeah, no, you, no. you just see them all covered in butterflies and having fun. I'm surprised he didn't try to keep one for his friend. <laughs> yeah, that would have been slightly more historically accurate, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, like so, pinning them very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, given mm. we are coming to the end of this particular episode. Yes. Uh and I haven't even mentioned the music, which was great. <laughs> uh, this episode is basically us gushing over this film. But we 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 were trying not to because he he has but we've already covered the history side of it. We mm. we admit straight out from the beginning there's a lot that this film is thrown out the window yeah but <laughs> so what are we going to give it on percentages 40 and why i think 40, 40 you think yeah because because the main female is a made-up character even I though think, she's based on reality, reality even though she's based on reality i think mm. it takes it down a few notches okay. but the feeling of the film brings it back up because as we were saying i think based on a true story does put it in the 60 to 30 actually no yeah it's probably closer to 60 i keep doing that thinking 60 40 but not deciding which way round 
Mm. I, I'm. I. I think. I'm going to go. A sixty is where I'm heading. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm thinking I, I want more to 60. give it. I want to give it more just because I enjoyed it so much, and I feel like it gets so much de- technical detail right. You, you know, the injuries. Our, the, our, the, the the our scores aren't based on is it a good film or not. No, that's true. It's the history. Yeah, and it's. They throw it's it out really window. hard to remember that sometimes, especially when. Some really good films get a lot wrong in abbreviated commas, mm. and some really Gladiator. bad films. <laughs> some ba- really bad films get a lot right. So... Yeah, Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Night before uh... Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Best film we've watched yet. Ah. <laughs> uh... uh... Uh, <laughs> I I I apologise still. Uh, <laughs> so, shouldn't. It was amazing. <laughs> it, we it, we had a laugh, um, but poor Vanessa Hudgens deserves so much more than that weedy <laughs> blonde Anglo. Um, Sweet baby virgin. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can I, am I the only one, by the way, who wants to now see? Um, I mean, this is pure fiction. We can forget about history. Is it, am I the only one now who wants to see an Amelia, Adventures of Amelia Wren series? Yes. <laughs> I feel like she, she. I feel like there's a superhero moment where she takes off all the gaudy fairground clothes and puts on the oilskins and, you know, like becomes pilot woman. You know. Yes. <laughs> And I was just like, I really want to watch Felicity Jones running around Victorian times. Oh, that's it. I'm going to have. Did, did I say this? Was it, was it you? I said this to the other week, where I said that um, because we haven't done any of the Alice films yet. No, or film versions of Alice in Wonderland. But I was t- saying to you that I caught a bit of the Burton sequel on. TV and oh, okay. I was and and I was thrilled by the idea that Alice is older and goes off exploring around the world on ships. Oh, uh, Alice through the f- looking glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the in the Burton version, she she she's she's been a, a uh, you know she's been captaining a ship out there exploring, and she comes mm. back looking all you know in a sort of British sailor's uniform. Oh yeah, you were it. saying that you wanted a series with um, Amelia and Alice. From... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, as right. Real as each other. <laughs> exactly. I would completely watch a Victorian adventure series with Felicity Jones as Amelia Wren and Mia Vasakovska as Alice. Come on, <laughs> as you're on Alice. quarantine. You can write the fanfic. Uh, ooh, I, yeah, honestly, I thought quite hard about that the other day. <laughs> I was just wondering, can I trust myself to do the Victorian research to get it right? Hey, if I can do research on where the nearest Marks and Spencers is to Soho to find out where Azriel could have got a Catholic cake from, I think you can do the Victorian research. You could have just asked me. I know where the nearest M&S in Soho is. I used to get lunch there. <laughs> I love that. I wrote a crack fat in fiction. I still research. Like, I must make sure this is accurate. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just, no. Just, why? Why? So, we're going to go with 60% history. Yes. Okay. But we are tempted to give it more because of the, some of the details that are maintained even in the side. It's in our must-watch category. I, do you know what? 
Um, I know I haven't written anything for Bunker in a while. I think if you don't mind, I'd like to do a sort of top ten type of thing for them of what we of 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 what we've we think is our most interesting historical film so far. Mm, that'd be good. All right. Well, if you do, you want to write it with me? Yeah. Excellent. We'll work on that. Woo-hoo. Okay. So we've got a few minutes left. Jenna, where can people find you online? Well, they can find me at Nadesco Kitty on Twitter. But yeah, otherwise, uh, you can find me on the Bunkerzilla webs- uh, website, write- normally writing for the blog. I often appear on their show, The Big Stomp, as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a very fun podcast where we discuss lots of different subjects. And yeah, so come and join us for that. And we also record that live so you can come and play in the Discord with us and chat. So fantastic yeah. uh people can find me at uk david on uh, all the socials or most of the socials and you can find me at 48 publishing to talk about this podcast or other podcasts i work on and any writing you read of mine please consider contributing to the 48 publishing coffee which goes towards our uh recording and hosting costs and we will be back soon with another episode um if you do make suggestions feel free to um uh, suggest anything you'd like us to cover that we haven't already. We have an incredibly long list, but we're, we're not afraid of adding to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets added to every week, I think. <laughs> um, uh, all right, folks. So you know where to find us. You know where to keep up with us. Thanks for listening to us, wherever you listen to us. Uh, if you listen to us on any platform that has a like subscribe option, then please do. Um, Give us reviews. Uh, would be really nice. Let us know what you think. Yes. Yes, uh, and we will be more than happy to interact and mm-hmm. uh, communicate and discuss. We are very uh, friendly and we like talking, if you can do. tell by us recording podcasts. Absolutely right. <laughs> All right, then. Thanks a lot, folks. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.